warm reload welcome to our friend and brother, Chuck Cole. Chuck, come on up. You guys are funny. <laughs> it, uh, it's an honor and a privilege to, uh, to be here. Um, a lot of times when I start preparing for, for what I feel like the Father wants me to talk about, I end up with stacks and stacks of notes, and I really don't end up getting into a whole lot of the notes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to get there uh, today. Uh, my wife, uh, Lori, uh, last night I said, hey, babe, can you, uh, can you get these? I'm not a huge computer guy. And so, hey, can you cut and paste all these scriptures and everything? And, and she's like, yeah, but you're not going to use most of those <laughs> and and I probably will but what I, what I find out that um, you know I'm not I'm not finished yet and usually when I have the opportunity to get up in front of the group uh, of men um, I look around and I I see um, real men and I you know this morning really kind of preaching, talking to the choir, you know, because you guys are here. Uh, who, who gets up this early and uh, comes to, to reload? You know, guys that are, guys that are hungry, that guys that, that want more. Um, it was 2013. Um, I was at reload on a, on a morning, and I began this journey uh, in 2009, I, I went on a quest, and I am for men uh, doing something. Um, it, and I think what's happening today is there is a great awakening. I really, with all of my heart, I believe that God is on the move. I, I believe that men are that men are listening, that men are seeing uh, what God is doing around us and really have a desire for more um, but we need to listen you know and there's obstacles to us listening um, I don't think I've I don't think I've told this uh, story but in, in 2013 uh, I think it was table seven uh, I was leading that table at that time and I was working on my daughter's house uh, over on Wilson by M6 and um, I was, we were remodeling, and I'm a, I'm a hard worker. I, I, I like to work. I learned how to work at a young age, worked in greenhouses, and, and uh, really like to work. And that morning, uh, 2013 at Reload, Holy Spirit told me to uh, ask Ben uh, to come and help me. And Ben was a, a college student. A lacrosse player, big strong kid, and I love Ben. I served on his quest and really, really love that kid. But I, I, I rationalized that I shouldn't ask Ben because I'm a hard worker and I love Ben, and I didn't want anything to get in the way of how I thought about Ben or anything, you know. So I'm like, no, God, that might be a good idea, but I, I don't think so. And so I left. I went out into the parking lot to my Jeep, and, and the, 
the feeling was so strong that finally, okay, I, I turned around and I came back in here and, hey, Ben, what you, what you doing today? And as a matter of fact, I have some time. So I said, hey, do you want to help me at my daughter's house? He said, yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be great. And um, we were working for probably about two hours. And uh, I had a massive heart attack. And I went over. I, I was on the ground. Very traumatic experience, more for Ben than for me, because I wasn't aware of what was going on. I woke up in the hospital. And um, the, the reason I tell that story is we, we have a father that loves us so much. And he, he's trying to, to speak to us, but am I listening? You know, um, my sheep know me and they know my voice. Even to know his voice but not to walk in obedience, we're, we're still going to get in trouble sometimes. I grew up in a uh, Christian family, uh, went to church uh, twice on Sunday. Uh, if the doors were open, um, we were there. Went to Christian school, uh, did all the right things. And uh, yet, um, at probably about 12 years old, was exposed to pornography. And that wakened a youthful lust that uh, continued for a quite a long time. And the reason I say that is because, you know, I went to church. Um, I was a deacon. I, I did all the right things. I went to church. How you doing? Blessed and highly favored. Blessed and highly favored, right? You know, that's the, su that's the Sunday morning answer. And I, and I get it. I love the church. I love this church. I love this house. And we don't have time oftentimes to, to really uh, dig in on Sunday morning because we're going from here to there and there to here. And we got kids and we got nursery and we got all, all these things going on. Um, but I was, I was living a, uh, a double life, and, um, you know, my friend Pauly uh, talks about um, Sunday morning being a showroom uh, dealership experience where we, we come into church and we have the the best singers and we had really it it is an awesome experience and th and that's good okay so don't hear what i'm not saying that is good uh, it's awesome to go to the showroom and this is not a bash on car dealers or used car car dealers or anything like that so don't hear that either but uh, when we go through the the car dealerships um sometimes there can be cars that look really, really good, but have a whole bunch of Bondo, or have, if you do the Carfax, <laughs> you find out that there was uh, some challenges, right? That was me. Honestly, that, that was me. On, on Sunday morning, um, if you would have done my Carfax, you, you would have found out that everything uh, wasn't 
as it uh, was being presented. And so Polly likes to say that the, the real money uh, in, in autos is, is made in the back, uh, in the shop, in the garage, in the uh, repairs and in the warranty and everything else that, um, that gets done. So this morning, my hope is that we're in the, in the garage and that we're maybe in the, in, the, in the back area where we can allow some, potentially some diagnostics to be done. I got to the end of myself uh, when I was uh, 37 years old, uh, September 1997. I came to the end of myself, and what what I had to really come face to face was with was that while I knew about God, I really had never made Him Lord of my life for sure. I I, I knew about Him, but I wasn't walking with Him. And so on that day, um, I was very fortunate. I had a, a good friend that was in front of me, and and said, well, what do you want? And I said, I, I just I want to know. I want to have peace. So on that day, I, I, he didn't lead me in a sinner's prayer. He didn't, he didn't tell me, hey, these are the five steps to freedom. He, he said, just, just tell God what you want. And, and so in that moment, I did. And uh, for me, life changed forever. Um, I had a peace that really surpassed human understanding. I mean, prior to that, if you would ask me, are, are you going to go to heaven? I would have probably said, I hope so. I, I, and I don't argue with men about a whole lot of anything, uh, just because as I've gotten older, I know there's a whole lot that I don't understand. There are, I, I love this. I love God's word. I don't understand all of it. There are mysteries in here that I just flat out don't understand. So I don't typically get into a whole lot of arguments um, with men because I, my, my experience has been I, ca I can't convince anybody of anything. That takes a work of the Holy Spirit. It, it takes the work of a loving Father that draws us because most of us are aware I think, um, about where we are today. It's interesting in the perfect setting in the garden, Adam and Eve, and, and God has to say, Adam, where are you? It wasn't because God lost Adam. It was because, Adam, do you know where you are? Adam, do you, you, know, do you know how far you've gone? I mean, I feel like God has asked me that question. He can still ask me that question. I, I have a propensity to fall back into the old nature. I'm in the process of being renewed. I'm in that sanctification process. Uh, I, I, I say this a lot. No heart is 100% healed, but no heart is too broken for the Father's love. You know, the, the Father continues to be available to, to pursue us. 
it, today, when, when we look around the, to the world around us, it's a mess. There, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of mess going on. There's, there's a lot of really challenging thoughts and ideas and just, you know, we, the world wants us to be tolerant of everything. But again, I'm, I'm going to go to this and say this is the infallible word of God. This, this, there is no uh, other option. It's interesting because the first few chapters, uh, perfection, and then when you get to the end in Revelations, he comes back on a, on a white horse. Everything in between all of that is God's plan of restoration. So God has always been about drawing us to him. He's always been about restoration. I have a friend that, um, Dean, and Dean, um, Dean is the hammer. Dean, Dean is, uh, I don't know anybody that knows scripture better than Dean. And I, I, I call Dean the hammer, and, and he calls me the pillow. <laughs> because uh, I'm, I'm pretty much going to be talking to you about grace and mercy. And, and I believe that with all my heart. I, I believe that there's a lot of grace and mercy. And there needs to be a lot of grace and mercy. But God's love draws us to repentance. God is also full of truth. You know, and if Chuck goes too far to grace and mercy and, and everything is okay, um, I can... I can get off where I really need to be. You know, I, I think about what the words that we say and the actions that we have, what, what are they communicating? Took my uh, two youngest kids, um, Eric and, uh, Ren or oldest kids, Eric and Renee, on a mission trip um, boy, a long time ago, because Eric was probably 10 years old. Uh, Michael was a was a baby, so Lori stayed home with Michael, and we went to Jamaica, uh, Christ for the Nations, and and we showed the Jesus film, and we went from village to village, and we went into the into the jails, which were terrible, um, terrible conditions. And one night after showing uh, the Jesus film, um, I was kind of I was grumbling a little bit because the whole team would have an opportunity to, to talk about what is God doing. And, uh, but I had two kids, and so I had to go put those two kids to, to bed, get them quieted down, and, and do all that. Well, in, uh, in that moment, um, because that day we had prayed with a, probably a 13, 14, maybe 15-year-old young man to, to accept Christ uh, as his Lord and Savior. And Eric looked at me when I was tucking him in, and he said, well, Dad, doesn't everybody go to heaven? And I don't think those words ever came out of my mouth, but because we went to church twice on Sunday, we did all the right things, we went all the right places, 
um, I was giving off a message that everybody goes to heaven. It was a great opportunity. I thank the Lord for that opportunity. We, we, ha we had that conversation, and we've had that conversation even as they uh, raise their own children now. You know, what kind of what message are we sending? Um, are, are, are we living and doing anything that we want because we're doing the right thing and then saying, well, everybody goes to heaven? I mean, I, I, got, I got no stones. But I know that in this age of tolerance, there's a whole lot of, lot of things that go on that, that, we, that we accept. Our, our kids are being indoctrinated. There's an or organization called Renew a Nation, and uh, um, they, did a, they did a study, and, and they do a lot of things about a Christian worldview. And I found these statements, and it, it's this: these are the lies that our kids are being told today. The Bible is an old, out-of-date book that cannot be trusted. You can't believe in both science and the Bible. Sex outside of marriage is okay and even expected. Homosexuality is good and normal. Your gender is fluid, and it may change. Abortion is a good way to manage an irresponsible sex life. There are no absolutes. There, we're, we're being bombarded uh, by a lot of untruth. We, we are being bombarded, and, and sometimes we buy into uh, the lies that... Um, that everything is okay and that every everybody goes to heaven. But the challenge is, is that's not true. <laughs> Dean, uh, Dean talks about um, a God that loves us, but that God chastens those that he loves. That God disciplines those that he loves. In fact, um, one version says God scourges those he loves. Ouch! I don't like the idea of being scourged. And sometimes we think about this, this walk that we're on and, and we blame everything on the enemy. We, we, we blame the bad things that happen to us on the enemy when in fact... Sometimes I believe God is scourging us. God is saying, Chuck, don't do that. It's not good for you. Chuck, Chuck, don't go there. It doesn't end well. You know, there's, there's consequences to sin. And we have to acknowledge that, that we play a role in the things that go on in our lives. I, I love I love the idea uh, in Psalms 139 that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I love the idea that I have God's DNA inside of me, that I'm created in his image. I like that. I believe that with my whole heart. 
But I also have to look at myself, look inward, and say, what, what is going on in my heart? What, if, if I'm going to get honest, what is going on in my heart and in my mind? There's, um, there's a couple verses Psalms 34, the, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God loves us because he loves us because he loves us because he loves us because he loves us. God loves you because he loves you. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what you can do. Doesn't matter if you can uh, perform or not. While I was still in my sin... God loved me. I don't understand it. Honestly, guys, I, I don't understand it. I, I knew that there was more. I knew that God loved me and that he was wooing. I, I just didn't know how to get there. The, the challenge is, is the way to him is, is a life of surrender. I have to get to the end of myself and say, I surrender. I, I give up. I'm going to surrender my will, my ideas. We, we need men in our life. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. We have to have men in our lives. That's why I love this. I, I love this because to the extent that you're willing, you have the opportunity to be known and to know the other men at your table. But even just coming here doesn't mean that you're going to be known by the other men at your table. Because sometimes we can be in a room full of men and still be all alone and still not have um, transparency, still not reach out because we, we want to, I think as John Eldridge says, we want to we leave that mask on our face. Ecclesiastes 4.10 says, But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help him up. We, we need men in our lives that are going to walk with us, that are going to encourage us. I don't know where I heard this, but in the last couple of months I heard this statement. I thought, wow, that's, that's, that's a good one. Um, a casket usually has six people carrying it, usually men, six pallbearers, six, six people that take you from that ceremony, that remembering, out to the hearse, and then to the, to the burial. Imagine if we walked life with six men that lifted us up and carried us while we're still alive. I imagine if we were going to live lives that were transparent enough that would um, allow other men in. I could tell you my life would have been different, way different. My life is different today because 
I do have men in my life that that love me. I, I look at them and I say, Lo- "Love me enough to call me." <laughs> if if you s- if you see something going on in my life, love me enough to to poke me, to say, "Chuck, what's going on?" I I, I had a friend Tim that we would uh, we would play cards together. He and his wife and Laura and myself and we played on a on a Friday night. This was several years ago. He called me on Saturday morning and says, "Hey, what's going on?" <laughs> I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, it 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 seemed like you were a little short with Lori. It 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 seemed like you had a few jabs and and Tim knows me. He he knows my nature. I'm I'm not sarcastic by nature." And he said, "You know, you threw a couple barbs out there even." Like, ooh, okay. You know, we ended up talking, and, and there were some things going on. And I think sometimes, w- without even being aware, our attitude can change towards people that we love the most, and we can that we can put up a wall. And we we need to have men in our lives that love us enough to say, "What's going on? Uh, you you seem a little off today." Okay, I'm going to give you a couple minutes to think about that. You seem a little off today. Yeah, okay, if, I, if I'm going to be honest with you. You know, the guys that aren't in a hurry for the first quick answer, I got time. You know, guys that we, that we say, okay, I got time. Because so, so often we don't take the time to really communicate because we're hurrying to the next thing. Proverbs 28:13 really is is the crux of the matter for me. And it says whoever conceals their sins does not prosper. But the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. The the world says it the other way around. The, the world says, hide it, because then, then you won't be found out. I, I've been in a life of hiding it, and it's grueling. It takes a lot of work. It is grueling. The, the oppression, it, it's grueling to think that if I just have to confess, confess and renounce that I'm going to find mercy, what an amazing gift the Father has given to us. We, we should be running to that. James 5.16 says, confess your sins one to another. Not so that you can be forgiven, but it says so that you can be healed. See, the forgiveness is a completed work. You've already, if you are in Christ, you're already forgiven. Past, present, and future. Doesn't give us license to go out and do anything we want, but we we are washed in his blood. You know, Jesus looked at the disciples and he said, you know, it, it had to be a little frustrating 
<laughs> for Jesus because his life of ministry, he's getting bombarded from every direction. He's got the religious people testing him every, every chance they get. Then he's got these 12 guys that are asking questions. And they're really, it's not sinking in. And, um, but he's still pouring his life into them. But he, he's getting it from every direction. And he, Jesus knew that it was coming towards the end. And he says, I'm, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to send Holy Spirit. I, I'm going to send one, the comforter. Every, every one of us who's in Christ has the availability of the comforter. If we don't know that, if we don't walk hand in hand with the Father, and we don't know what it feels like to have the comforter, Holy Spirit, that leads us, my life depended on it. I believe with all my heart, 2013. Now, those are the mysteries of God because Psalms 139 says, Every day was ordained before one of them ever came to be. So I believe that was all in God's plan. I don't understand it. Don't ask me to understand it. But here's the truth. He loves us so much that he sent the comforter. And we have the opportunity. So today we have the opportunity to walk as sons. We have the opportunity to, to get honest with each other, to to not allow the things that are weighing us down, to be transparent, to, to be in real relationships. So my encouragement is um, put yourself in the place that you need to be in. Reload's a great place to be. The Andrezo Rally is a great place to be. Going on a return or going on a quest or going, you know, my... my um, not really a trick, but, you know, so many of us will do just about anything for work or for sports. You know, if I, if I tell a guy, hey, we're going to uh, Myrtle Beach golfing next week, three days, dude, we're on courses that you can't get on. I'm in. I will change my schedule. I will do, ask a guy, hey, next week we're going to go on a return. Damn, we'll pray about that. And I, I got I to think about that. I'll have to talk to my wife. So, so my encouragement uh, for all of us is to do something, to, to put ourselves in the place where we need to be. Let me pray for you. Father, today I thank you for every man represented here. Father, I thank you that you have more for us. I thank you that you sent Holy Spirit, the Comforter. I, I thank you that you don't leave us alone. I thank you that when, when we say yes, that you fill us up from the top of our head to the bottom of our feet. Holy Spirit, we need you. We need your power, your presence your peace, your anointing. We cannot live victorious lives. We can't live lives of freedom without you. So we receive you, Holy Spirit, into our lives today as we go out from here. We pray that everybody that sees us today would see you 
in us, that we would be your image bearers in the marketplace today, in, in the places that you have ordained for us to be. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name.